these are all the questions you need to be asking. And if you ask these questions, you're going to feel more confident either accepting or rejecting. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, I am going to be on vacation next week. I'm very excited about it. I am going to be camping in Acadia National Park, which is in Maine on the coast. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of people's vacation. A lot of people are saying to me, literally, you're going to go camping with three kids up in the wilderness, and that's going to be relaxing. Yeah, yeah, actually it is. They have these crazy carriage trails that are like miles of bike paths through one of the most beautiful places in the country or on the earth. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty stoked, to be honest with you. So there's not going to be an episode uh, next week. I haven't had a vacation in a while. I think I've earned this. But for today, we're going to focus on a question you need the answer to. So we're going to get to this question from Jennifer in Los Angeles. Hey, Brian, I've been looking to change jobs to work in the sports industry, and I love the advice you provide on your show. Work in sports has turned out to be a huge resource for me as I found many jobs, companies, and cool opportunities I wasn't aware of. My question is this, I'm getting into the interview cycle, my resume looks good, and I feel things are going well, but how do you decide whether a job is worth accepting? I'm afraid of making the wrong choice and then having to start this process all over again. Jennifer, this is a really good question. And I thank you for asking it. And anybody else that has questions, you can email me at bclap at workinsports.com. You can message me through LinkedIn. You can DM us on Twitter. Any of the social options work, okay? At Work in Sports, just about everywhere. But on LinkedIn, it's my name. So Jennifer, it's a really good question. And I think in this environment right now where unemployment numbers are low, jobs opportunities are out there, this churn because people are leaving opportunities and that means new things are opening. You're right. Most people that are out there looking right now are getting opportunities. So how do you vet whether they're good or not? How do you decide whether it's the right one or not? Because I agree with you, the last thing you want to do is have a lot of jumping around on your resume. You do not want to have six months here, eight months there, nine months there. Over a two and a half year period, then you've got three jobs. It's a big red flag to people. Because remember, when you're hiring somebody, you want them to be in this role for a minimum three years, hopefully five or longer. Five would still be considered like a long term. Like a lot of people shift in five years and that's fine. That heavy turnover, changing jobs quickly is a red flag to a lot of employers to say, I'm going to train this person up. I'm going to work hard to get them here. I'm going to spend all this time and effort. And then they're going to go because they're going to go for something else. And that can be discouraging. So you want to find jobs you can be at at least for two years hopefully longer. So that's where we're going into this course of action. You want to be able to get a job you feel good and comfortable about. So I'm going to go crazy thorough here. So you might need to go back, write some of these things down, like really just have this as a list. Maybe even we make this into like a worksheet we can have you download on the website. That's not a bad idea because I really got into this today, kind of mapping out this question because there's a lot of things to think about. So let's get super thorough. Let's get into the weeds a little bit here and discuss this. It'll all start to make sense to everybody as we dive in a little bit more. Okay, so Jennifer, here's a scenario. Let's pretend that you just got an offer. Maybe you have multiple offers and let's walk through how you kind of evaluate what the right one is. First things first, when you get an offer, thank the company right away and then let them know you need two days to make a decision. That is a standard that I've always done. It's a standard that I recommend to everybody. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. 
you want this to be a lasting decision. So you don't want to make an emotional choice of, yay, the Yankees want me. I'll take it tomorrow. You know, like, let's get started. Woohoo. And I don't know why anybody would want to work for the Yankees. Red Sox are much better. But nonetheless, you get my point. Like, don't, don't rush into these decisions because they're not emotional ones. These are ones you want to last in and make sure everything lines up with. Tell them specifically the time frame that you need. And the instance I gave was two days, right? In the example that I gave, I said two days and then stick to that. If you give them a specific time frame and say, thank you so much for the offer, please give me two days to evaluate and I'll be back in touch with any questions and I'll have an answer for you within 48 hours. What that does, at least for me, and I know most of the people I talk to, is A, you're giving them the respect of a timeline, right? You're giving, you're not saying like, thank you so much, I'll be in touch soon. You're giving them the respect of a timeline so they can bank and measure their time. But you're also showing yourself as a clear communicator, someone that's respectful, somebody that is organized, somebody that has a vision for what they want, isn't afraid to say and advocate for themselves and say what they need. Those are all good signals. So right now what you're doing is you're buying a little bit of time for you to evaluate the decision and not make it based on emotions. I have made this mistake before. Now, I'm very happy with the way my decision ended up, but when I was first coming out of college and CNN Sports Illustrated called me, I did the phone interviews. When they made the offer, I don't even think they told me what the salary was before I said yes. That wasn't smart. Like, it worked out great. I was excited. I was very excited. I was 21 years old, but it worked out okay. I'm not complaining. So once you do that and you buy yourself a little bit of time, dig into the role itself deeper than you have before. When you were in the interview process and you were preparing yourself for interviews and you were researching and figured things out, you were trying to position yourself as somebody valuable to them. You were selling yourself and wanting to win. You, I'm sure you researched a job. You should have. You should have made sure it lined up with your skills and abilities and all those things. But I know you had a frame of mind around how do I make myself look great to them? Now you got to almost flip it around. You got to say, okay, this is my job to take now. Do I want it? Does it fit what I want for myself? Do I understand what this role is? So let's actually work through this. Number one, do you know what the job entails on a day-to-day? If you don't know that, if you don't really understand it, not maybe not every detail, of course there's going to be other duties as assigned, but do you really understand the core, the overarching theme of this role, the day-to-day expectations If you don't, I'll give you what you're supposed to do at the end of this, but I'm going to run through a couple of the scenarios that I want you to work out and make sure you understand. Do you know the schedule and does it jive with your expectations and your family and your other commitments? Sports has strange schedules. You have to know this sort of stuff up front. I remember vividly, I was a finalist for a job as a VP of production for a major sports network. We're five interviews in this thing. They have flown me out I have tour, I've spoken to the CEO. I've talked with everybody. I asked, it was like way deep into the session. And I said, so what is the expected schedule? And the person who was my hiring manager, the person I would report to, looked at me like, you shouldn't be asking that. You work when you're supposed to work all the time. And I was like, oh, no, no, seriously, what's the, what's the schedule? I mean, what's the schedule? And he was like, well, there's a morning meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning with all the teams. And then uh, you'd have to be here through the end of the last show. So right around midnight. And I was like, okay, so you're telling me the schedule daily is 14 hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we're telling you. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to say no. You know, so you need to ask these questions. If it doesn't line up with your family life, that's going to cause stress. If it doesn't line up with your expectation for yourself, it's going to cause problems. Know the schedule 
upfront, it is okay to ask those things. Does the job title line up with where you want to be at this point of your career? I'm not a big guy on titles. Those never mattered to me that much, but you do want to show growth. You want to see going from an individual contributor to a manager, to a director, to a VP, like you want to see some progress. If you're going the wrong direction and it's based on title, you want to at least be aware of that and evaluate the rest of this topic to feel like, am I okay with that? Or is this too much of a step down in title? Do you know the career path and the other long-term opportunities? I think one of the best ways to do this is to look on, I use LinkedIn as a tool more than what they're programmed for, right? What they pitch themselves for. I will go in and look at companies and I will look at the entire staff and almost try to build myself an org chart and understand what the career paths are. Oh, they have a manager of social media. They have a coordinator of social media. They have a VP, a director and, a, you know, of social media and digital. And then it turns into VP of marketing. And I start to understand how their company is built. And then I start to look at, well, how long have these people been there? They've been there a long time. That can be a good thing. It can also be like, is there any career growth for me? Is there an opportunity for me to grow here? Is there an opportunity for me to expand? So does this line up and look like a long-term opportunity for you? We'll get into more of that stuff. Does the interview conversation, like when you interact with the hiring manager, when you talk to the HR people, when you talk to different team members you may be working with, does that line up with the job description? Because sometimes they'll post a job they being any employer out there in any industry, not just sports industry, they'll post a job and maybe somebody in HR writes the job description. And then you talk to the hiring manager and it's a lot different. The expectations, the role, the day-to-day. You need to ask yourself, does this still align with the expectations? Which one is true? The job description that's being published or what the hiring manager is saying? If you don't have that clarity, you better get it. Now, what do you do if these things don't line up? If you are unsure or unclear on any of these things, call the hiring manager or HR rep before you make a decision. Ask these questions. You have to remember, if they're offering you the job, they want you to be there. They like what you bring to the table. They feel like they are excited too. For them, they're waiting anxiously for you to say, yes, I've been in this situation many times. I identify somebody that I want to hire. I make the job offer. And I'm probably just as excited as they are for them to say yes. They want you to win. If they call me, if somebody that I was interviewing calls me and says, hey, I got a couple more questions. Hell yeah, I'm going to answer. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to try to give you more clarity. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to try to give you the information you need to make a decision you can be happy with. Oh, hell yeah. What? What? If a company is smarmy or squeamish at all and doesn't give you the responses or acts like that's some sort of a problem that you're asking more questions, that is a red flag, screaming red, flashing red lights. I would be very concerned about those opportunities. Any company worth its salt is going to stand by what they want out of their employers and be employees and be very, very super clear about that. And if you have questions before you make a decision, they should be willing to answer them. And if they're not, Flashing red lights. Flashing you ready to run? I, I seriously, sincerely believe that because that's the kind of problem that will only manifest from here and grow. Like that's not something like you're going to get in the door and it's all going to be fine. It's all going to be better. No. If you don't feel like there's honesty in this relationship, if you don't feel like they can be transparent, that is going to cause problems for you in the future. So be willing to walk away if you can't get clarity to the questions you need responses to. Okay. That's just our section on digging into the role itself. I told you this was going to be very robust, but these are the questions you got to ask. These are huge life decisions. 
Okay, next section, salary. What was your initial reaction when they told you what it was? Were you happy? Were you disappointed? Initial reactions, gut instincts, tend to be pretty spot on. Now, I still want you to go a layer deeper. I still want you to understand whether it's more than just happy. Does it fit or satisfy your budget? Like, did the numbers actually match? Again, I've been this through this scenario before. Got an offer, and it sounds really good. Like, it's a, it's a number that you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds totally great, okay? Then you start running the numbers. Take out taxes, cost of living, mortgage, bills, commute, schools sometimes if they don't have public, good public schools. I'm not saying this is a scenario I walked into. I'm just saying like run through the numbers. And I did that and I ran through it and I was like, oh my gosh, that number sounds good, but this is a really expensive place to live. And I'll have $63 at the end of every month. Uh, that's not good. That's not enough. It doesn't pencil. So do the work, actually work out the numbers and the digits and like really figure out what your monthly budget is. I know it sounds boring, but trust me, you don't want to make a decision where you're like, oh no, I'm going backwards every month. Now I will tell you, I did do that too. <laughs> my, my first job at CNN Sports Illustrated, I was going backwards every month. I didn't care. I was willing to take that risk. It all paid off, but it was scary that first year, moving to a new city, not making enough money to support myself, putting too much money on the credit cards. Nonetheless, okay, so next um, still in the salary bucket. Uh, are you clear on how the job is lined up? Is it commission? Are you a full-time exempt employee? Are you freelance? Is it seasonal? You'll find there's a lot of seasonal opportunities in the sports industry too that are based on you're hired for the football season. You're hired for this project. Make sure you understand that. And it again, fits with where you want to be. Is there a work contract? Now I'll tell you that doesn't often happen in the sports industry. I literally got the first contact ever contract ever of my career last year. So I was a news director at Fox Sports Northwest and I was a senior producer at CNN. And I never had contracts. I'm not saying that these are make or break things. They're just saying things you have to know and understand. And if you have questions on these, you have to ask. Okay. So I cover the salary bucket. Now let's get into the supervisor, the, the person you're going to report to and the team. This is super, super important because this is what your day-to-day life is going to be. The people you are around, the people matter so much. When I was evaluating, when Work in Sports was purchased by iHire, right? And we are part of the iHire family now. When that happened, the reason I had the option of whether I wanted to come over to iHire or if I want to go out and do my own thing or if I want to leave or whatever, I had the option. We always have choices. And as I was evaluating this process, the thing that threw me over the top and said, yeah, I want to come to this team was meeting the rest of the marketing team was meeting my boss, was talking to the other team members, was seeing how they all function and being like, I want to be a part of this. So you have to start to do that research now. Did you vibe with this person? Did you like them? And even more than did you like them, did you respect them? Did they seem knowledgeable, trustworthy? Or did they seem honest? You know, were they paying attention when you talk to them? Were they a good listener? Like this is the person you're going to interact with a lot. And if you're in their interview process and, and, and they're looking at their phone and they seem like they can't, they're nonplussed by your existence, I mean, that could be a red flag too. But if you are having a good experience with them, you meet other team members and feel good about them, okay, that's a good sign. Now, I'd still go a layer further. Do a Google search on the supervisor. What do you see? Check out their social media profiles. What do you see? Where else have they worked? Where else have they been? Are people recommending them on their LinkedIn profile? Are there reviews on Glassdoor? Like, I'm not saying those things are... are 
you know, gold standard need to have, but these are data points. These are all things you're bringing in to make a reasonable and smart decision that you can be proud of. I do the same thing with team members. Did you vibe with them? Right? Did you feel that connection? Again, I would be looking at LinkedIn profiles of the team and I'd be seeing how long have these people been at the company? Where did they come from? What are the job titles? What am I seeing here? What information, what patterns can I deduce here? It's all out there. Use the tools you have. Okay, next thing, company, company. I always tell you before you go into an interview to do a lot of research into the company, and that's super important. But now you need to ask yourself again on the subject of, on the, on the frame of mind of, do I want to be here with this company? Do we align, right? I research what they do. I research how they make money. I researched how they structure their organ, uh, organization and what their history is. Well, now, am I aligned with them in values and purpose and mission? Do I appreciate what they do? I mean, I know this is sports, but take the new offshoot golf, live, LIV, whatever it is, golf league that's starting up with all the pros jumping over to it. Here's a great example. You get a great job offer from them since they seem to be throwing money around to everybody, but you might be morally opposed to where the money comes from. I'm not making political statements. I'm saying have knowledge about the company and whether it aligns with who you are. If environmental uh, issues are extremely important to you, look into what their stance is on these things. Because you don't want to go somewhere where you feel completely out of alignment with. You know, I've, <laughs> I've talked to people before that are like, I'm a huge environmentalist and I went to go interview this company and they didn't have recycling bins. And so I was kind of like, I don't know, this is somewhere I want to be. Now you might think that's ridiculous, but to other people it's not. You might have other things that are important to you and you want to make sure they're aligned. Take that into consideration here. Make sure you feel like you are cohesive with this organization, the people, the supervisors, all of it. And this may sound like we're raising too high of a bar. I'm sorry. You're choosing what job you're going to do, where you're going to spend over 2,000 hours of your year. I think that's right, Matt. 40 times 52, 2,080, I think. That was quick math. Nonetheless, my point is you spend a lot of time at work. You put a lot of energy into it even when you're not at work. You should hold a high bar to what jobs you're willing to take and accept. I think that's okay. Okay, so I mentioned this before, but I'll go a little deeper here. Look in LinkedIn at people that are working there. Have they been there a while or is everybody there for a year or less? That could be a little dicey if you're not seeing people that have been there for a while. Maybe there's just a high turnover organization. Are they growing? Maybe they've. Maybe you're looking at people at the organization and you've seen that they've been at the company five years and they've had three promotions. They've had three different roles. That's a great sign. Because there's upward mobility and they, they promote from within. Look at the experience and skills of the people that are on your team and say, does this match with their title? How do I compare to these people? Does it make sense this person would be above me or below me? Like you have to look into the decision-making of the organization as well. And do you think you're slotted well in your role? Do you think that the title aligns with where you should fit based on what you're seeing from the rest of the team? Last subject. Is there long-term potential? Now, I mentioned this off the top. You don't want to have a resume where you're changing jobs every eight months. I'm not saying you need to stay somewhere 17 years or 10 years or whatever. But if you're looking for a long-term situation, that means between two and five years. It could be longer than that, of course. But I mean, if you're if you're somewhere longer than three years, like that's a pretty long-term commitment. Uh, and I think that's totally fair and safe. I think five years is usually a benchmark that most people think to themselves, like, I want to be at a company for five years, unless you get another great opportunity, and that happens, of course. 
So if you want to be at a company for five years, you got to figure out, do they value your skills? Do they value what you uniquely bring to the table? Is there a chance for growth? Do they engage in professional development? Like, do they want me to grow? Are there opportunities for me to learn more and to be enhanced? These are all the questions you need to be asking. And if you ask these questions, you're going to feel more confident either accepting or rejecting. It's all we're saying. I'm not trying to tell you what you should feel. I'm trying to tell you what questions you should ask and see how you feel. Because if you go through this process, because I just gave you a lot of things to look into, if you go through this process and you're like, I'm just not sure this is the right fit, probably means it isn't. And if you go through this process and you're like, I feel good, pretty good about this, then go after it. All right, Jennifer, great question. I love these topics. I love these conversations because decision-making is so important in our world. Thank you for listening, everybody. I really appreciate every single one of you. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen because we want to continue growing and you are obviously an instrumental part of this. Please wish me good luck on my vacation. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I will see you all when I get back. 